This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Today, uh, the title of my message is False Doctrine, Too Many Voices. False doctrine. Everybody say, too many voices. So I want you to open your Bibles. I have some scriptures I'm going to put up on the screen, but I'm not putting these verses up today because I want you to open your Bibles. So open your Bibles to the book of James. The book of James. And we're going to read verses 20 through to 25, and I'll come back to this periodically and keep pointing things out, and, and, and I will elaborate on this. So everybody, does everybody have a Bible? Hold your Bible up. Say, I believe in a real Bible. I believe in writing in my Bible. And I believe in taking notes in church. Get your notebooks out. James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1. Do not merely listen to the word of God and thereby deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone, everybody say anyone, who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed. Everybody say, they will be blessed. In what they do. Two fishes were swimming when they saw a piece of meat dangling before them. The younger fish darted toward it with an open mouth. The older fish cried out, Stop! You can't see it, but there's a hook inside that meat, and it's connected by an invisible line to a pole outside the water. And there's a man holding the pole. The truth is, is if you eat the meat, the hook will catch you in your jaw and the man will pull you out of the water. He will cut you open with a knife, roast you on a fire and eat you and he'll throw your remains to his cat. The young fish stopped and the two swam away. But when the young fish was alone, he thought to himself, let me investigate the truth myself how accurate these lousy claims are he went back to the meat swam around it above it below it and he swam as far as he could in widening circles around the meat after a long search he said to himself i've looked far and wide i haven't found any sign of a man A pole, a knife, a fire, or a cat. In fact, I found nothing outside of the water that we live in. 
I have come to realize my truth. These must be, these must just be stories made up to limit our freedom. He went back to the meat and he ate it. The hook caught his jaw. He felt himself being yanked out of the water. For sure, he saw a man with a pole. He saw the knife. And a little further, he saw the man's cat sleeping in the shade. But at that point, his knowledge of the truth was useless. The moral of the story? It is exactly the story of the great gospel and the mysteries of the Bible. Some of them are beyond our comprehension. We now don't see Satan. We don't see angels, Jesus, or his judgment seat. No, we don't see the eternal fire of hell at all. But of course, we realize all along that it was the truth versus our truth. And that will only, the only time we'll really fully realize it is at death, when it strikes. But at that time, it's too late forever for anyone. May God let us heed the truth while it is useful to us. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come to the Father but through me. Revelation says, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps these sayings of the prophecy of this book. How do we know what's true and how, how, how do we know what's false? You know, there are so many voices in the world today. There's so many voices competing for your attention, competing for your loyalty, competing for your consent, your belief, your trust. And now there's such great confusion even in the church. There are deceptions everywhere. I think I told you the other day about Jimmy Kimmel and the prophet from South, there, there's some prophet in South Africa who had a video of him walking on air. And he said, this is, only prophets can do this. So Jimmy Kimmel took the same video footage and he, he did it. <laughs> he said, this is the oldest trick in the book. He says, you can make it look like you're walking on air. It was done by sleight of hand. It was done by smoke and mirrors. It was done, but here's the thing. We're so gullible that sometimes we believe that that was power, when in fact it was deception. Now here's the point. How many of our brothers and sisters, how many of your mothers and fathers? You know, when I travel outside of Zimbabwe, it grieves me. Because I talk to good people who are earning pounds and earning Rands and U.S. dollars and Canadian dollars and euros. And they're sending them home to their mothers and fathers because times are tough. Only to find out that mom and dad are going and paying money to a prophet. Staying in their hotel till the prophet shows up. Sometimes two or three nights waiting for the prophet to come. Paying money to a prophet to tell them things are going to get better. Yo, 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 yo. I have five words for you. 
And then they have to phone home and, hey, can you send more money? And they don't get any better. This is deception. It's false doctrine. But the Bible told us this would happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. The Bible says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you, you weren't ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, and I follow this prophet, and I follow that prophet, and you know, anyone know what I'm talking about? Are you not just mere human beings? What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each of us his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God is who makes it grow. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will be each rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. But the grace God has given me, by the grace God's given me, I laid a foundation as a wise master builder. And now someone else is building on it. But each of you should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. I am shocked at the new foundations that are trying to be laid. I am shocked at Christians that have forsaken Christ, Jesus Christ, for a self-help gospel that says, be the best you can be. If you could be the best you could be, then you didn't need Jesus to die on the cross. Follow me, I'll set you free. Join my church. You cannot join a church. You must be joined to a church. You cannot join this church. I do not want you to join the church. You must know that you are here because God called you to join with the body of Christ and be joined together with Christ on the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ himself. How can anyone know the truth. How can anyone keep it? Well, let's look at a few scriptures. In Matthew 24, Jesus gives a warning. Verses 10 through 14. He says, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and they'll betray and they'll hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. You know, I can't help but think that with all the deception that's going on, the love and the wickedness that's going on, the love of most is growing cold. You know, we live in the self-generation. It's all about me, my, mine, mine, me, me, me. Never is that more evident than in the nation of Zimbabwe. The covetousness level in this nation is way above the norm. We've watched it where people will literally sabotage something if they can't have it. If I can't have it, nobody's going to get it. Self. Wickedness on a scale I've never seen before. And for a while, it was systemic in our government. The government itself practiced wickedness. Having the power to help someone, but because they were not of a particular political persuasion, they wouldn't. They didn't see Zimbabweans. They saw only one type of Zimbabwean. This is wickedness. People that had the power to do their job and wouldn't. And thus they got something besides their salary is wickedness. And it makes the love of many grow cold. People become embittered, become angry, become hateful. Our families that couldn't grow together because the conditions were so terrible. And we've been split apart. Families that have had to leave their children here for school while they try to make a living in England. Families that have tried to divide and conquer, which divided their marriages and hardened their hearts and broke their hearts. Children without parents and parents that have got trapped around the world because of terrible things have embittered us. God said this, Jesus said, he says, many will fall away from the faith at that time. They're going to betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear. Many false prophets will appear and deceive. See, when this condition begins to happen, when you begin to be embittered, when you begin to be selfish, when you begin to have your love grow cold, you get wide open for deception. You're going to find somebody that will be your savior. But especially if you forgot that Jesus was your savior. You'll want somebody else to take responsibility for you. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Verses 23 through 25. He says, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. 
For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect of God. See, I've told you ahead of time. I want you to know, I'm telling you ahead of time. That, you know, these little prophets that are out here play, play, play now, and everybody's, woo, you've seen nothing yet. There's going to be signs and wonders that will make your hair stand on end, but they will be called lying signs and wonders. And if you do not have sound doctrine, if you do not know what the Bible says, you will be deceived. Even the very elect of God will be deceived in this time. And some of us play with doctrine like it didn't matter. Some of us just, oh well, you know, you know what I think? I don't care what you think. What does God think? What does God say? Because what you think is like that little fish. Your truth is not important, but his truth is totally important. The Apostle Paul warns in Ephesians 4, he said this. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the work of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the full stature or the full measure or the measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and the craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Let me tell you something. These prophets, I'm sorry, they're deceitful schemers. They have schemes of making money. Schemes of how, I mean, and, and they're getting more elaborate all the time. That's wrong. And you, if you want to follow them, you're deceived. I'm telling you, it's deception. Jesus wants to lead you. He says, I've given you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip you. To equip you. Not to steal from you, not to take from you, not to do the miracles, not to make the miracles happen, but to equip you. It's time for you to take responsibility. It's time for you to be equipped. And if you will not be equipped, you will be deceived. The false doctrines are here. And the purveyors of false doctrine are amongst us. And it's not just in the church. It's in the government. Some of those men are wicked and they know it. It's, it's true. Pure wickedness. We're going to prosecute people for stealing when we stole more than they did. And we're going to pretend like we didn't do anything wrong. That's wrong. But it's a form of wickedness, a form of deception. Deceiving. Deceitful scheming, cunning and craftiness that's crept into the whole world. And will even... Cause the very elect of God to be deceived if we're not careful. 
You know, the scriptures that we started with in James weren't about the greatest deception of all. And as terrible as the deception of false prophets and false leaders and false people and false brethren is, and those, those are terrible deceptions, the greatest deception of all is self-deception. Self-deception. I see people today that they don't want to know the truth. They want to be deceived. Their eyes are wide shut. Their ears are blocked because they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to see the truth. Just tell me something that makes me feel good today. Just tell me it's all going to be better. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. It will get better in Christ Jesus. But it may be the day you die that it gets better. If you read the book of the heroes of faith, many of them, God came and delivered cities and delivered people and, and broke the, 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 raised the dead and broke the, 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 uh, the back of an army or, or uh, with a jawbone of an ass, killed a thousand people. I mean, the stories are immense. But then it goes on, it says, but there were many who stayed in the faith never seeing their promise fulfilled in their lifetime. See, the secret isn't that you got your answer. The secret is that you live by faith for the just shall live by faith. Amen. See, I would rather die trusting in God than to live compromised and deceived. So go ahead, if you're going to clap, clap. You, you know, there are many people that think I'm a very foolish man. Why would you stay in that God-forsaken part of the world? Why? You have an American passport, my God. Why would you stay in Zimbabwe for 39 years? Why would you go through all that hell, that turmoil, that strife, and, and even be rejected by the people? Sometimes I wonder myself. Why would I do that? Because you have to understand something. I have a vision from God and the just shall live by faith. Are you listening? So listen to what the Bible says. Let's look at a few more scriptures. Because I want to teach you this morning something that's amazing. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and our children forever. That we may follow all the words of his law. Can I tell you something? It's God's pleasure to reveal things to those that are seeking them. When God shows me something, I want to obey his law. So I adjust my life to obey his law. Instead of saying, well, my truth says I don't see a pole, I don't see a man, I don't see a, a hook, I don't see a cat. No, but God says there's one. So guess what? God, I'm going to trust you in this. As revelation comes, I don't expect God to adjust. I expect, he expects me to adjust. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? 
But he says there are some secrets that he'll reveal to us and for our children that we may obey and follow the words of his law. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says this, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. There is a source of knowledge. There is a source of revelation outside of yourself. God wants to speak to you, not through a prophet. He says, you call unto the prophet. Is that what he says? No, he says, you call unto the apostle. No, no, no. You call, who do you call unto? Call unto me, says the Lord. Call unto me, says the Lord. I don't deny the role of an apostle, a pastor, a teacher, a, uh, an evangelist, or, 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 or a, uh, a prophet. I don't deny that role. But we are not God. You don't call unto me. I'm here to equip you. I'm not charging you to equip you. Yes, I derive a salary, a modest salary, from my service to you. God says, tithe and give so that there might be meat in my house. Well, what kind of meat is he talking about? Well, somebody who will prepare a meal, somebody who prepares meat to serve you. We have a whole team of people that serve you. That's why we ask you, hey, if you want good meat, tithe, give. Let's have an abundance so that we can keep giving and, 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 and we don't have to go to gimmicks. See, some of you'd rather be gimmicked to give money and then have somebody fleece you and use you than to just do the honorable thing and say, no, we're going to be a regular tither, a regular giver. Amen? Now, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good this morning. Your amens are far too small this morning. Amen? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. However, as it is written... No eye has seen and no ear has heard. Or what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. The things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things of God. Or these are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So here, God, God, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has, human mind has conceived are the things that God's prepared for those who love him. And he reveals them by his, the prophet. Is that what it says? He reveals them by an apostle. Let me tell you something. Prophets and apostles can come to you all day long they can lay hands on you until you're bald. Well, some of you don't need any help, okay? <laughs> empty hands on empty heads. We can even perform signs, wonders, miracles. Woo-hoo-hoo! But let me tell you something. If it doesn't convert into something that God reveals by his spirit into your heart, it's just an entertainment. And it's a passing thing. Here's what bothers me. How many people fall down and get up exactly the same way they fell down? How many people shake, rattle, and roll 
and go back and are just as big a thief as they were when they came to the altar. How many people run and give money and they're the biggest crooks in the country but they were seen on television next to the, the prophet. It's false, false doctrine. False teaching. When Christ comes into your heart, when Christ comes into your life, he begins a journey of revelation that literally changes you from the inside out. Jesus changes you from the inside out. Tap your neighbor, say, he's talking about you this morning. No, don't say, I'm serious. He's talking about you. Now tap him again and say, he's really talking about me. <laughs> Matthew chapter 13 and verse 11 Jesus replied and he says, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Jesus, what he was saying here, he said, his disciples came and said, tell us, tell us, why do you teach in Proverbs? Why do you always teach in parables? He says, because, and he says, because I explained to you the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. It's been given for you to know, but not for them. They only hear Proverbs and, and, and they only hear parables. See, God never wanted you to just have parables. God never wanted you to just receive a teaching. I, I am shocked at some of the teaching that's coming out in the body of Christ. It scares me. It's doctrinal error. And there's so many voices. You can turn on a TV. You can turn on a radio. You can get a podcast. And some of the stuff is poison. It's not Bible. It's not going to give you the secrets of the kingdom. And there's usually a hook inside the meat. And it's usually got to do with money. Or manipulation. Or guilt. Ephesians 1 the Apostle Paul said it this way. He says, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Oh, my prayer today for the church is that, Father, you'd grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that each person would desire you more than they've ever desired you before. That, Father, you would begin to reveal yourself to them. That, Father, if they ask, you said, ask of me, and I'll show you great and mighty things, unsearchable riches. Father, we desire those things for our lives and for the church. We don't desire secondhand, thirdhand, fifthhand manipulations. I don't desire another man's revelation. I desire your word and your revelation for my family. Secrets, secret things revealed to me. Secret things revealed to my children that can't be taken from me. They're real. Revelation is God's plan for his people. Let me give you four points. 
Number one, it starts with the reverential fear of the Lord. Revelation comes with the reverential fear of the Lord. Psalm 25, verse 14, the Lord confides in those who fear him and he makes his covenant known to them. See, the fear of the Lord isn't I'm afraid of you, although that's good too. Sometimes I'm afraid of God, but it's the reverence of God. It's like, oh God, God, I, 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 you're, you're God and I'm just mere man. Sometimes we get so familiar with God, it's like, oh yeah, yeah the Holy Ghost, told, the Holy Ghost, the, he's the Holy Spirit. We run around like this is some cheap grace. I'm going to tell you something. God is God. He's almighty. He deserves to be reverenced. You know, the bravado of the giant Goliath is an example of self-deception. He strutted and he boasted and he flung insults at Israel. And he was sure that his great size and his great strength would ensure the victory against this little child with sticks and stones that you sent out to me. But he was wrong. In fact, Goliath didn't even know what battle he was fighting. His fight was not with David. His fight was with David's God. Let me tell you something. David was the man after God's heart. David had a secret that God gave him. And that secret gave him the ability to stand in front of a giant that the whole army had run from for 40 days, twice a day, twice a day they'd run from this guy. David, little boy, he says, I can't go with your revelation, dear king. I can't wear your armor. It just doesn't fit. He says, but God showed me something. I have a little thing. I, I've been, I've, God showed me. Let, let me just run down to the river there and get four stones just in case his three brothers come out too. <laughs> Who is the uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? See, here's the question. Who are you hearing from? Because when it's your revelation, nobody can take it from you. <laughs> nobody can take it from you. If it's somebody else's, it sounds to me like the sons of Sceva. I adjure you in the name of Paul, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. I adjure you in the name of whatever the prophet preaches. Come out and the demons are powerless because there's no revelation in you. But let me tell you something, when God shows you something, when you have it and it's yours, no, I don't need a prophet. I don't need a prophet. God already showed me I have it. God bless God. God's big in my life. I'm mature in God. Amen? Number two, we have to learn to build on the fundamentals, the foundational true truths of the gospel. You can put that up, guys. 
There you go. We have to build on the fundamentals, the foundational truths of the gospel. You know, I said earlier, we're living in a world full of lies. And we have deceit from so many sources. In fact, the Bible says there are lying spirits who lead astray. 1 Timothy, if you want to get that, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. The Bible says there are evildoers and imposters looking to dupe the people. 2 Timothy 3.13. And perhaps the most insidious of all, we have ourselves to deal with. Self-deception. Self-deception is so common in our world. The Bible says that our own hearts are deceitful. So much more, it says that we can be easily fooled. He says, the heart of a man is exceedingly wicked and deceitful. I have Christians come to me, well, you know, I feel good in my own heart. That's the problem. You're being led by your heart instead of what God says to be led by, his word. Well, it felt good. The, Bible, the world says, if it feels good, do it. But God says, resist the world. Resist the flesh. Resist the devil. How do you resist the world? This is that which overcomes the world, even your faith. How do you resist the flesh? As many as are led of the spirit, they will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you resist the devil? The same way Jesus did. It is written, the word of God is what resists the devil and the devil doesn't respond to anything except the word of God. You see, the Bible speaks about an idolater, somebody who's practicing idolatry, and it says that they are misled by their own deluded hearts. The prophet Obadiah identifies arrogance as one of the roots of deception. Arrogance is the root of self-deception. He said this in Obadiah 1.3, he said, the pride of your heart has deceived you. The pride of your own heart deceives you. Human pride always blinds us to the truth. Our president got blinded to the truth. There came a time when he and his wife were saying terrible things. I knew it was the beginning of their end. God will remove me. You're right. <laughs> God put me here. I am like a God. No, 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 no. See, even Nebuchadnezzar had to learn that for seven years he ate grass like an animal till he learned who God was. But his heart deceived him. Let me ask you about your heart today. The Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty, haughty spirit before a fall. Remember the book of James we were talking about? You can go back there now. James chapter 1. Look at verse 22. James 1, 22. It warns us against deceiving ourselves. Do not merely listen to the word. James 1, 22. And so deceive yourselves. Rather, do what it says. Do what it says. Don't listen to it. Don't just listen to it. The word of God, do what it says. The self-deception that James has in mind relates to an inappropriate response to truth. 
God's word is meant to change us. You can sit in church for years listening to sermon after sermon, but if we never allow the word we hear to change us, then we are self-deceived. We can read the Bible from cover to cover, but unless we put its commands into practice, we deceive ourselves. Second Timothy 2.15 says this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. Well, I tell you what, if, if Africa, if Zimbabwe needs something right now, it's people who will correctly handle, do the word of truth. I am so shocked at the cabinet. I'm sorry. It's like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. It's the same faces in all the same places. And they're not going to bring any new ideas. How, how do old minds bring new ideas? And they're not going to bring the word of God because none of them call upon God. Although I believe our president is. And that may be the saving grace of our nation. I am not anti what's going on right now. I believe that God's hand is in the middle of this. Let me tell you something. We have great hope. Don't lose hope and don't get negative. Get revelation from God. The secret things belong to God and to those whom he reveals it to. Number three. Practice. Do, in other words, do. Value and obey the truth that you already have. I'm always shocked. I'm always shocked. Pastor, give me a word. I need a word. I need a word. I said, what do you need a word for? I need God to tell me what to do. I said, did you do the last thing he told you to do? You haven't even done what he told you to do last time. Now you want another word. Do what you already do. Obey the truth you already have. Got a guy committing adultery. God, will you help? Will you, will you pray that my business gets blessed? I said, how about if we deal with the adultery first? How is God going to bless this when, you're, this when you're trying to do that? I'm having trouble with people stealing from me. Yeah, well, how many people do you owe money? How many people have you stolen from? It's embarrassing. There are people here and there's people, there's some of you. You're thieves. Just look straight ahead. Don't turn red. Don't turn to the right or left. Nobody will know I'm talking about you. But you're a thief. You're just a thief. You're a plain common thief. Pastor, can I get a word? No, I saw you at the prophet conference the other day trying to get a word. You don't need a word. You need to do what God already told you to do. Repent. Pay back your debt and ask God to get you on a right footing so you can become everything God wants you to be. Now don't, don't get mad at me because I'm telling you the truth. You see... 
No knowledge or power becomes ours until it's obeyed or practiced. You know, I have friends who are wannabe musicians. You know what a wannabe musician is? They tell you how good they are until you sit down and play with them. Then you realize, sheesh. You know, they, yeah, bring the guitar over, let's play. They know three chords, C, G, and D. And they have a hard time getting to those. Why? Because there's no power of, in being a legend in your own mind. There's only power in practice and becoming and doing something with what you have. You know, I, 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 I came to hunting late in life. I enjoy hunting, by the way. And I came late in life to the sport. And it's, I scare myself sometimes because I don't think I'm really very good. But I love to go with professional hunters. Carl takes me hunting. He makes me feel so good. I shoot and I hope he shoots and he never misses. He's a professional. He has power. And he has knowledge. Somebody said, well, knowledge is power. That's kind of a half-truth. Knowledge only becomes power when it's put into practice. That's why white papers and blueprints in our nation don't work. Because it's not the white paper that's important. It's can you make application when it becomes powerful. You see, the scripture was not given merely to produce theologians. It was given so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. 2 Timothy 3.17. See, holding the truth in one's mind is not necessarily a character-changing quality. James 1, 23 and 24, let's look at this. It says, it's an illustration, it says, merely looking at oneself in a mirror is not necessarily an appearance-changing experience. He says, a man who, he says, he says when you look, he says, looking at the word of God is like looking at yourself in a mirror, but then immediately he goes away and forgets who he is. Well, you know what? I don't know about you, but sometimes I look in the mirror and I literally can't remember what I looked like when I got done. The mirror can tell you that your hair is a mess, but unless you get a brush out and start attacking the problem, the tangles are going to stay there. Amen? I just want to know, where, where's, where's uh, Portia? Is Portia here? Where's my little Portia? There she is. Did you look in the mirror this morning? Look at your hair this morning. Look at that hair. Look at that hair. I don't know. Did you see that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do that. She has a hairstyle that her hair just goes. I guess that's fashionable. I don't know. <laughs> I can do that. She's my daughter, okay? James. And, and he, 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 he contrasts self-deceived, worthless religion with pure and faultless religion. And he gives practical examples. He says one type of self 
self-deception is to believe that our words don't matter. Those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their mouth or their tongues, the Bible says, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. You know, I can usually tell if God's working in your life because you're catching yourself saying things. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Excuse me. Oh. Do you notice God changing your language? Because if you don't, if you can still swear like you did when you first got saved, you may need to think about things. You know, if, if you can still slander and not feel bad about that, you better think about it. If you can still rail against somebody, you better think about it. If you're still in judgment, you better think about it. And it all comes out your mouth. But I tell you, when God starts working on you, you become more self-controlled. You begin to put a lid on it. You learn how to shut that thing. Zip it. You see, those who successfully avoid being self-deceived are those who practice true religion. James says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by this world. You see, Empty religion allows a person to employ his bodily members and his material resources towards self-centered objectives. But God approves of a faith expressing itself in love towards others. If everything that you have is for you, and that's what worries me about our prophets. Blessed! Be blessed! Come for a blessing, blessing, blessing. Yeah, I don't mind. Be blessed. To be a blessing. The blessing isn't for you to be blessed. It's not so you can drive a phantom Rolls Royce. It's not so you can have a Lamborghini. It's not, excuse me. That's not blessed. That's ridiculous. You've got a Ferrari. Why? Have you seen the potholes in this country? Why would you want a Ferrari? It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even, that's no common sense. And meanwhile, while you're getting blessed, 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 Lazarus is outside your gate begging and you don't even give him a cent or the crumbs off your table. That's wrong. That's wrong. And it's not blessed, it's foolishness. You see, self-deception is illustrated throughout the Bible. One of the tragic cases of self-deception is a guy named Samson. This is a mighty hero who, in Israel began to disclose the secret of his strength to Delilah. And Delilah betrayed him to his enemies as he slept. Once his hair had been cut, Delilah called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. The Bible says Samson awoke and thought, I'll go out and shake myself free just like I used to. But he didn't know that the Lord had left him. Samson learned the hard way that forgetting the word of God is a form of self-deception. You see, self-deception can also occur in relation to one's security. Jesus betrayed this in the parable of the rich young man, the rich fool. The man in the story was thrilled that his land had produced an unusually large harvest, an abundant crop, and he believed he'd come to a time where he could take life easy where he could eat, drink, and be merry. 
this was wishful thinking. Because the Bible says that very night his life was required of him. The church in Laodiceus in the book of Revelation was the victim of self-deception concerning their spiritual condition. This was the lukewarm church. And it, conv it had convinced itself that they were all right. They said, I am rich. I have acquired wealth. And I don't need a thing. And Jesus, who always speaks the truth, by the way, set them straight. He says, you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Number four, I'll close with this today. Revelation is only for those who hunger and thirst for God. It's only for those who have a hunger and a thirst for God. You see, if you want to avoid self-deception, if you want to avoid the deception of others, if you want to avoid the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things, the enticements of this world, if you want to enjoy, if you want to avoid the falseness of the prophets and of the age, we must be the ones who look intently, James 1.25, look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it, not forgetting what we have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do, James says. You see, remembering the word of God, doing the word of God, and continuing in the word of God, this is what changes our character. This is what counters self-delusion. It's like a mirror. The word of God will always show us the truth. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. You know, when a person's life is transformed, it has the power of transforming others. It'll transform families, businesses, cities, churches, nations. Are you a transforming power in the people around you? When you're transformed, you can't help but transform others. When the spirit of wisdom and revelation is absent, this scares me. The church or those who minister the gospel impart only information and natural knowledge. People aren't transformed by it. I'm always shocked. I'll ask somebody, did you do your daily reading today? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did it say? forget. I can't remember. Are you looking into the law of God as though it's just something you have to do? Okay, I got it done. Tick. It's ticked off in my app. I did it. I read it all. You know, there's days that I read, and I'll read it all, but there's days I have to go back, and I have an underline, and I go back, and I read those things that are underlined. Yesterday was the book of Joel. 
upon my servants and handmaidens. I'll pour out my spirit in those days. Young men will have dreams. Old men will have visions. I must still be a young man. <laughs> Proverbs 15 and verse 2. The Bible says, The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. Guys, I've seen enough deception. I've seen enough foolishness to last a lifetime. I've seen a deception in the earth that I never thought I would see before. You can't trust any other source but God. The news is lying. The press don't tell the truth. I'm sorry, they don't tell the truth. They only want to sell papers. They're not telling the truth. They're, there's an angle on everything. False prophets, they're called false for a reason. If you ever find a man of God who tell you the truth, buy the truth and sell it not. If you find a church that stands for truth, love your church. But more importantly than that, love the truth yourself. Ask, and I will show you things that you couldn't imagine. I'll show you secrets that will belong to you, to your children for generations to come. God wants a relationship with you, not through another man, not through an intermediary, not through a saint, not through the Virgin Mary. Jesus himself is the door. Jesus himself is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus himself wants a relationship to lead you himself by his spirit into the throne room of grace, to talk to God and God to show you secrets through his word, through prayer, and by his spirit. Today, I would hate to have anyone here that thought that the way to salvation was being a member of a church. I go to a celebration. No, that doesn't get you saved. Just because you come to celebration doesn't get you saved. I'm sorry. Any more than sitting in a garage makes you a Volkswagen. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm born again. I come to your church. I've been to this church, but I'm not sure I've ever given my life to Jesus. You're deceived. You're deceived. The only way to the Father is through the Son. Not by being a part of a church. Oh, I wish that was true, but it's not. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. Nobody else died on the cross for your sins except Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.